0: All right, 2TV Sports, Tosh Myers here with Jared Blinder again today. We're going to update you on the battle for the eighth seed in the West. It's coming down to it. All these teams got one game left, so uh, got, a, got a good one there. And then we'll also talk about the Big Ten and Pac-12, postponing college football to the spring. We'll see if they actually do end up playing in spring, what are the implications for some of the other conferences, and also bring you the first hockey segment, Carnage with Carney, talking all things NHL as they uh, have restarted their season in the bubble, playoff time, and uh, that'll be a fun thing to watch, so Jerry's super excited today, another great podcast.
1: Yeah, a lot going on, really happy to be talking about it again, go check out that NBA tournament on 2tvsports.com, brackets open August 15th, we want you, we want you to compete with Tosh and I, and uh, let's see who the winner will be. But before we get to that and uh, the playoffs, the eighth seed still has to be decided in the NBA. And uh, right now, it's looking like Portland's in the driver's seat for that eighth seed. Huge win against the Dallas Mavericks. And I wanted to start there because it looked like the uh, calls were all going Portland's way. Um, And there were some questionable calls, I thought, against the Mavericks that I don't think would have been called the same way if Portland wasn't in desperation mode and the league knew that Portland was in desperation mode. Um, so I'm I'm a bit perplexed on, on that that officiating by
0: by the NBA there. Well, you know the NBA wants Portland to get the eighth seed. I mean, Portland-LA matchup would be electric in the first round. So no question in my mind that uh, Adam Silver put a call into the rest there to to get Portland the W. But I mean, how about Dane? 61 points? Like that's insane. Um, I think Dallas has a huge issue that they can't guard small guards. I mean, Luke is not going to be guarding them. They're going to put like Tim Hardaway or uh, someone who's not that good. So game went off. Uh, I really like the Blazers. I've been saying it this whole time. Uh, your boy called it, Jerry. Portland with the eight seed. Said it on the NBA preview pod a few weeks ago, and it's looking to be, to be true.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Blazers are on fire. Their backs are against the wall. Every game is do or die for Damian Lillard. Um, he did have that one incredible shot that went like 24 feet in the air off the backboard and somehow dropped in, and so that was a sign that the Blazers were going to win that game. Uh, but just to reiterate, there was that one call where it was kind of away from the ball, and Damian Lillard was pushed, and they called it a foul against the Mavericks, but it kind of looked like a flop, to be honest with you, on the replay. But yeah, it definitely seems like NBA is pushing for the Blazers to get in. To get in. Um, I think it's going to be a fun matchup if they can win that eight seed against the nine. So I wanted to bring up uh, who you think gets that final nine spot for the playing games.
0: Yeah, so the Grizzlies, the Suns, and the Spurs are all uh, tied right now. The Grizzlies have the advantage. The Grizzlies tonight, Thursday, or I guess last night as we report as this gets uh, given out to you guys, They're playing Memphis. The Suns are playing Dallas, and the Spurs are playing Utah. I don't think any of those three teams, the Bucs, Dallas, or Utah, will be trying. So I think Memphis will get the win. I think the Suns will win, and the Spurs will win. Memphis will get the ninth seed and play the Trailblazers in the first round. Uh, How about you, Jerry?
1: Yeah, that's really too bad because those teams aren't going to be playing their starters. Um, and the Suns have been on an absolute tear in the bubble, and I'm pretty sure if they win against Dallas, they win all of their bubble games, and all Memphis has to do to not avoid one of those epic collapses we've seen is to beat the Bucks, who are probably not going to start in Middleton. We know Giannis is out, and so Memphis does have a chance still to secure that last spot, which is too bad because I'd rather see Trailblazers versus Suns for that 8-9 seed. Um, I think that's much more fun than just having John Morant carry the Grizzlies to potentially a Portland defeat.
0: Yeah, there's no way Memphis wins the uh, two games in a row against the Trailblazers in that 8-9 matchup. So I'm, I'm rooting for the Suns to get in there. I remember on our NBA preview pod, we were saying, like, why are the Suns here? And while the Suns have been the best team in the bubble, it looks like we're going to be proven right because even though they've won every game, they're still not going to make the playoffs. So there was really no reason for them to be there, even though. Uh, they've gotten real hot here and, and it looks like they have somewhat of a promising future, but I like the Grizzlies uh, getting in there as the ninth team. What about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's really tough to pick against the Memphis Grizzlies going against the Bucks with none of their starters and the Memphis Grizzlies going to be starting everybody that they have to secure that last spot. But that being said, um, the Suns definitely came out with something to prove that they weren't just a joke and that they were a legitimate team. And yeah, they might have a bright future. I think, you know, they're a piece away still hopefully they can retain devin booker and he doesn't ask for a trade in the near future so they have somebody to build around with him and Aiden. um but yeah it's not looking like they can jump the memphis grizzlies which is unfortunate um and i going to that preview game between portland and memphis if that's where it's headed uh i don't see john Morant being able to carry the grizzlies past the portland trailblazers to get that eighth seed which i'm totally okay with because damian Loward's is awesome big fan of his despite the calls that were going in his favor and uh the lakers portland matchup review for the one eight is probably one of the best one eights we could we could have
0: yeah no that's going to be a great series and it's an interesting because the lakers have some guard deficiencies the trouble just have some forward deficiencies so kind of strengths on weaknesses there but uh one thing we got to mention Um, is the beef between Dame Lillard, Pat Bev, and Paul George. I mean, have you been following that?
1: Yeah, so I saw they were chirping at each other, and then I also saw that Paul George reached out privately to Damian Lillard to kind of squash the beef. No such thing from Pat Beverly. No surprises there. I kind of like the back and forth between them. Like you were saying on our last podcast, that Damian Lillard's one of those old-school guys who doesn't feel the need to get along with everybody, kind of similar to Russell Westbrook in that way. Um and I kind of like the beef going into the playoffs there, um. But yeah,
0: yeah. Did you see why Paul George reached out to Dame though? No, go for it. And it, it was because Dame's uh sister was p- putting stuff on her Instagram about how Paul George wiped up a stripper, and it got it got kind of ugly there. But I thought it was kind of funny because. Um, It seems like Paul George was talking mess and he didn't know it was coming to him. Uh, He didn't know that the Lillard mob was about to come after him for some, uh, for some personal stuff. So I thought it was funny how, how how Paul George kind of backed away once he, once they uh, were coming after him.
1: Yeah. So Dame for better or worse seems to have gotten the best of him. Kind of tough to go personal off the court there, but I did think it was pretty funny that he was like, what have you done lately? Um, I I basically sent you home last year with that amazing shot directly over Paul George um, when he was on the Thunder. Um, and yeah, their, their beef is a good one, but I, I'd prefer it stay on court rather than the personal stuff that they get into. But regardless, I did want to transition real quick to Russell Westbrook's injury. Um, I know we're going to do an entire playoff preview podcast for our brackets on the next pod. Super excited about that one. Uh, I'm sure you are too, but that Russell Westbrook injury, uh, might be a little bit of a factor in the first round as the Rockets go up against the Thunder. Yeah, I think
0: the Rockets, um, you know, that trade to get Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, giving also giving up two first-round picks, is looking like such a bad trade right now. I mean, I would have the Rockets as a favorite with Chris Paul in their lineup uh, in the West, honestly, instead of Russell Westbrook. But uh, they, they need Westbrook to get back. I think they'll be fine in the first round. Uh, If Eric Gordon's playing well, it comes down to the second round against the Lakers with Russ. I think they have a they have a fighter's chance, but um, I don't know. It's not looking great for him.
1: Yeah, no. Again, really bad timing. It seems always the Houston Rockets aren't having much luck with injuries in the playoffs um, from their point guard position. We know that Russell Westbrook, like Dame, doesn't like a lot of other point guards and him and Chris Paul go at it all the time. And it's a shame that he won't be there for a game or two, but I don't expect Russ in this the rest of the series at all. Like he wants to be out there. Um, you know he's gonna be competitive. Um, you mentioned you like the Rockets in that series, even maybe without Russell Westbrook. I don't hate that opinion out of you. Um, I think it's a good four or five and and I'm gonna save that that preview for the next podcast.
0: yeah, that's that's gonna be a juicy, juicy uh, little series there. Um, but now let's turn it over to. Uh... Carnage with Carney with Ted Carney talking all things NHL. I'm going to take a step back here. Uh, not the biggest NHL guy, but uh, hope to join you guys soon on the Carnage with Carney uh, segment here on the 2TV Sports Tosh and Jerry podcast.
1: All right. Thanks, Tosh. I'm here with Ted Carney now, and uh, I'm so thrilled to have him on the uh, 2TV Sports team as our lead hockey guy. He recently just wrote his first article, The Most Objective Stanley Cup Playoff Preview and Picks You Will Ever Read. And uh, with that, I'm going to throw it to Ted to introduce himself.
2: Thanks, Jared. Um, You've been just begging me to come on for so long. I figured I I had to give it up. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm Ted. um, Recent uh, coronavirus graduate of Northeastern University up in Boston. Now living down in D.C. Um, Pretty much played hockey all through uh my my young life started probably like 4 or 5 um up through high school and then you know i wasn't very good so uh didn't play in college and then uh here i am um beer beer league every once in a while pond hockey when i'm back in connecticut as for my nhl fandom i'm sorry to disappoint all of the the listeners but you've got another boston fan Right here. Um,
1: that's uh, one thing I can't be too mad about. So uh, you know, <laughs> team on that one. Of course, go Bruins. Yeah. Uh, we were looking really good before the restart, and uh, one of the hottest teams. But then uh, cooled off, and I know we we dropped a couple seeds. But I wanted to uh, let you recap that for the uh, the hockey listeners out there.
2: Well, yeah, that that's a good starting point because I think that the NHL has done such a phenomenal job with this with this return to play um m- much like the NBA. I mean, these two leagues mirror each other in so many ways and this has been one of them. But my big issue with it is really the the round robin for the seeding. It just like they were exhibition games and it didn't seem like anybody was really trying. Those games uh like I watched them because I was starting for hockey, but when I was watching them I was like uh, You know, (laughs) right? They don't. They they don't really look like they care.
1: (laughs) Right? Did any one team look better or make an impression on you in the restart?
2: Oh well, well. um, (laughs) With that being said, nobody looked like they were trying. The Flyers look so good right now. They are. They're on fire. Um, They just like their goalie Carter Hart is seeming to be playing out of his mind right now. He's he's a he's a pretty good goalie. Um, they got some awesome offense. You know, we just saw. I guess it's not the the um, round robin, but they recently played their first game. Looks pretty great against the Canadians, who are still being still being gritty. But then with with the qualifiers, I mean, just talked about the Canadians. These underdog stories—they're wild. Blue Jackets beating the Maple Leafs. Uh, the Canadians beating the Penguins and the, uh, the Blackhawks beating the Oilers. It's really cool to see these underdogs. And it's another one of those, you, you always hear like anybody can win in the Stanley cup playoffs. It's like the parody in the league is so great, but
1: right. So you have another- the flyers and in, in, in four against the Montreal Canadians is the one eight matchup. Um, do you see that yeah. holding going forward?
2: You never know. Like Montreal could sneak a game in here or there because Carey Price is just so nasty. Um, but yeah, I, I I see the Flyers taking it in 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 a sweep, and if not, it it won't go. Like I I don't think it's going to be close.
1: Got you um, right. So before we uh before we get into the more of the preview for for who's in it for the long haul, we had a crazy five overtime game yesterday. I know I texted you during that game. Uh, to see your thoughts on it and you were stunned of course to see that here uh, hear that I was watching the NBA of all of all things instead of playoff <laughs> hockey um so that was always good but we had the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets going to five or to five overtimes uh what are your thoughts on that game
2: okay before I get to this I just have to say thank you Blue Jackets for bringing me so much happiness and the Leafs fans so much pain because <laughs> the the Leafs are just the, the saddest. I, 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 I can't even imagine being a Leafs fan. I mean, th- they last won the Stanley Cup in 1967 when the first expansion teams were brought into the NHL. And <laughs> since then, it has not been great. In their past 15 years, it's been missing the playoffs or first round exits. It's, it's, uh, thank you, Blue Jackets, for ousting them once again. Uh, but with that being said, um, the Blue Jackets are awesome. They, I think they deserve to win that series 100%. And now they're going up against the Lightning, who are also an awesome team, but like, Way more firepower on paper, and I think that the Blue Jackets just have that like gritty factor. And John Tortorella is a, a fantastic coach who gets the m- most out of very little. Um, and if you know anything about hockey, uh, or I guess playoff hockey, last year this was the matchup where the Lightning were the best. Like that, they were one of the best regular season teams we've ever seen, and then. Uh, the Blue Jackets sneak into the playoffs and sweep them. It was just a crazy shock. So,
1: That's one of the few things I uh, do remember from from my hockey fandom is that upset of a lightning because they looked so good last year and uh, the Bruins didn't have to play them, but it seems they weren't (laughs) too big of a challenge. Um, But anyways, that being said, uh, before we get out of here, what are you looking forward to most potentially in the second or third rounds? And then who do you see making that deep playoff push this year? I'm
2: I'm looking for for more games like our our uh, our five overtime that we we were seeing just like very very close games like lots of good goaltending but you know uh, offense here and there guys guys pouring their hearts out because a lot that went into this whole restart where people saying oh there's going to be an asterisk on this Stanley Cup I don't think that there should be I think if anything this Stanley Cup means so much, just because it's like, it's giving people who've been quarantined something to to look forward to. But I think that the teams you're going to want to look out for are uh, the Bruins. I know you'll probably say bias, but they are really really good. Um, the Flyers, as I mentioned before, then the um, in in the West, the Golden Knights are pretty great and. The Avalanche, there we go. Yeah, uh, the the Avalanche looked awesome as well.
1: Hey, that's awesome to hear, man. I hope uh, we get a Bruins Flyers matchup that is uh, bound to be chippy between the two cities. Um, oh, for last sure. Last thing is, are you going to be uh, participating in our two TV Sports NBA Bracket Tournament Challenge?
2: Yes, I, I am. Uh, not as much of a basketball aficionado as you two are, uh, but you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, do a little research and then uh, put my picks in.
1: All right, Ted, thanks for joining us today. It was great having you on. and I look forward to uh, more hockey carnage with Carney going forward. And uh, good luck on that uh, NBA bracket, man. All right, Tosh, I'm bring you back in here. Let's get some NCAA news and updates. Starting with the NCAA now, uh,
0: back on the pod, Tosh again. And uh, Big Ten and Pac-12 have both decided to postpone fall sports, all fall sports until spring. Uh, they just didn't see, think it was a viable option, the amount of testing they'd have to do, the amount of tracing they'd have to do, and, and then also some reports about the long-term effects of COVID. They just did not think it was viable. They didn't want to put the student-athletes at risk. Uh, Jerry, what did you first think when you uh, when you heard the news?
1: Well, first off, the uh, head of the NCAA, Mark Emery. It's just an absolute joke. He's not doing anything. There's no sense of of uh like equality or like the sameness among all the leagues. He's leaving it up to every single school and every every conference to do their own thing. And it's like, what is the purpose of having that all governing body if he's not gonna step in and be okay, we're gonna have an eight game season, no season, everyone's playing. Um, and so that leaves it kind of fragmented, which sucks. And so yeah, the Big Ten Impact 12 officially canceled, which sucks. Um, And the South and the Southeast looks like they want to play. But then they're talking about having one fall schedule for the South and Southeast and a spring schedule for the Big Ten and Pac-12. And I don't know how you have a spring schedule because that's going to push back the NFL draft. And then you're asking those guys from the Big Ten and Pac-12 to potentially play like 20-plus, 25-plus football games, 30-plus football games uh, in one year, in 12 months. And so I don't see how the Big Ten and Pac-12 can play even with the postponement in the spring. Um, That being said, like as a college football fan, if the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 can somehow find a way to pull this off, like, yeah, I'm going to watch that, of course. How could you not watch that?
0: I mean, yeah, we'll be watching if it happens, but I just don't think the odds of that are uh, great. I mean, I, I just don't see how they can successfully do this realistically with the amount of testing and contact tracing and all that. I mean, a lot of these guys, I don't, like, in the in the MLB, you've seen what happened when guys have gone out, like the Cardinals went to the casino you know, in Milwaukee and 14 of them or whatever tested positive. Like, it, that's going to be what's happening in college football. It's going to be a complete mess. It's going to be horrible optics. In terms of the spring for the Big Ten and Pac-12, I don't think that will happen either just because, um... The only reason they're saying that now, I think, is to make it so a lot of these kids don't transfer out. They want to give them hope that they're going to play. But uh, I don't see that happening. I don't really see many things changing between now and January that would allow football to happen, uh, the way that things are trending here in the U.S. So uh, I think college football is just going to be totally screwed this season. All the guys who are for sure NFL picks are going to go. Some of the guys on the fence are gonna stay. They keep their eligibility. Uh while it sucks to not have college football. Um the fact that these guys are gonna keep their eligibility I think is good and it's not the end of the world. Hopefully the NFL uh happens. But um but yeah, I just I just don't see college football and really happening this year, Jerry.
1: Yeah, true. And also like the transfer situation is kind of a mess. They're they they can not even do it this season if they were in the Pac twelve and Big Ten. Um the NCAA would have to make a rule that said you could immediately switch if you weren't a graduate transfer and be able to play, and that's just not going to happen. I like that you said that they're gonna they're saying they're postponing the season to keep uh, those players from transferring, but even if they did transfer, they wouldn't be eligible to play this year anyways um, without that new exception. So I don't see that happening. And then, like you were saying, like it's not really feasible for the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 to pull this off. And going to that point, I think the Big 10 and Pac-12 have, all five power conferences were to play, I think the two that canceled would have been in the best position to do it safely rather than those Southern conferences. Um, And so, yeah, I I see no way that this season finishes out based on everything you just mentioned. Yeah. And I mean, part
0: of the issue too, is it's not just about the kids who are getting, you know, the virus who are playing football. It's about who those kids are going to spread it to. Are they going to be spreading it to, you know, elderly teachers? Are they going to be spreading it to tutors? Like, to me, that's what it's more about than just them getting it. Um, and I think when when you're not in a professional setting where there's contractual agreements, like, it's just hard to make that uh, football season happen. So we're going to miss rooting on the Ducks this year for sure. But uh, hopefully in 2022, we'll get back after. We'll see you out in Columbus uh, as the Ducks take on on the Buckeyes in in uh, week two, and uh, and that'll be a fun one. But um, but yeah, Jerry. Anything else on the college football um, happenings?
1: Yeah, I love the plug for the Ducks a uh, year in advance. I really hope we see that game too. But I did just want to ask you if if you mentioned that those those top talents are still going to come out to the NFL draft. Um, if we don't have the college football season, then does the NFL potentially shorten the draft, maybe four or five rounds, or would that affect compensatory picks? I'm not really sure. What they do there?
0: Yeah, so MLB shortened it. Um, I don't think the NFL will, just because the NFL is so reliant on guys from the draft coming up and playing for them, like even on special teams and filling out the back end of their rosters for uh, cheap. I think that it'll still be seven rounds, and a lot of the dudes who I think most of the dudes who are going to come out are you know last or this year are still going to come out. Some of the dudes who are on the fence, you know, who were say juniors going into seniors this year, who could come back to college, if, are going to come out uh, to the NFL. And so I think they'll have enough players. Uh, and it, it's going to make for an interesting uh, interesting draft. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of studying old film. Um, Jerry, are you taking Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence, or Panay Sewell as is the, is the number one pick right now?
1: I mean, Definitely, Trevor Lawrence is the prohibitive favorite going into this college football season, or what would have been this college football season. Um, but that being said, last year uh, it was clearly Tua Tagovailoa going into the season, and then Joe Burrow came out of nowhere uh, seemingly and clearly took that number one spot from Tua after Tua's injury. Um, and so, right now, the prohibitive favorite for me is Trevor Lawrence. But that doesn't mean that somebody that is not necessarily on one of our radars doesn't come out of nowhere and take that position from Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if anyone can do that, if their season does end up happening, uh, or what what is all going to go down with college football. But uh, cool, we got you guys your update
1: on the NBA. Yeah, just real quickly, I saw a report that uh, the MLB was considering doing a bubble uh, for their postseason, and I wanted to get your thoughts really quickly on that um, and whether that's feasible and whether they can actually organize that in time.
0: You know, I like that idea, um, but the one problem with it is that if the guys are in the bubble um, and the virus gets brought into the bubble, everyone in the bubble will have it. And the NBA did a really good job of uh, quarantining and testing weeks before, making sure no one who was in the bubble got it. And I don't know if the MLB is going to do that just because they're not going to be able to have the time um, to have guys fully quarantining and, and getting tested every day. But uh, I do I do like the idea if they can figure out a way to get everyone in there without the virus. But uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have zero faith or confidence in Rob Manfred to actually pull this off. And the NBA, like you said, had people quarantining beforehand, and the MLB just doesn't have the luxury of time to do that um, or the means necessarily to do that, and they don't even have the venues picked out. I like the idea of it in concept, but I don't see Rob Manfred and the MLB being able to pull that off. So... Hopefully we don't have some knuckleheads going out to the club, celebrating victories, and uh, everybody can stay virus-free so we get this this postseason, you know, kind of got too many hiccups.
0: Yeah, definitely. But uh, all right, Jerry, we'll um, stay on the the lookout for our NBA TV pod uh, for the playoffs. That's going to be a really fun one, uh, as well as the NBA bracket bracket challenge that we're doing. Um, That's going to be awesome March Madness style. Want to get a lot of people in there, have a chance to win some money and have some fun. Uh, all presented by 2TV Sports. Uh, and as always, check out the, the uh, articles on 2TVSports.com. Check out our Instagram, our Twitter. Great stuff on there. We want to hear from you guys. Feel free to uh, tweet at us, argue with us, uh, debate us, whatever you guys want on there. And for now, 2TV Sports signing off the mic.